and welcome to Legends of the New Republic. We are a book club podcast focusing on Star Wars Legends novels, uh, and we are starting with the end of Return of the Jedi and moving forward from there. This is our episode zero, so really the point of this is just to introduce you to who we are, who's joining me on the show. Uh, my name is David Pickering. I am one of your hosts here, and uh, we'll be going over you know who we are and what we intend to do with this podcast. Uh, and then next episode, we'll be diving into our first book. So without further ado, let's go uh, down the line and just introduce ourselves. Who is joining me tonight for this podcast? I am joining you tonight. Um, I am Chris. You do not know me, and that's on purpose. Um, it's been a lot of work to not be known by most of you, and that's the way that will go. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm I'm Jason. I've been a Star Wars fan for years. Uh, I dabbled with podcasts here and there years ago and never really came to anything but uh i jumped on a bandwagon for this one because it sounds fun and i have a lot to talk about about star wars so especially all the legend <laughs> stuff it's some of my favorite stuff yay welcome you are you are sure surely welcome here i'm cat i'm known by my friends as a uh, dumpster fire of all things geekdom I've been a Star Wars fan since before I could walk, and I, at one point, was gifted uh, close to every single book in the Legends universe wow. by somebody who is like, my husband doesn't need these anymore, so his loss and divorce oh, no. was my gain. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that sounds like a real messy divorce. A... <laughs> <laughs> oh. I see you saved the best for last. I'm Jay, aka Sharkray24. Um, I've been I've been a Star Wars fan for a while because back when I was in like first first grade is when the prequels were coming out. So anybody who was anybody was talking about the prequels and talking about the cool CGI and stuff <laughs> and the lightsaber battles. Oh yes. I think I was eight or nine when the Phantom Menace came out, and I would admit it took me five or six years to realize that Jar Jar was not hilarious and was in fact <laughs> kind of annoying. <laughs> when I first saw that movie, all uh, I did for the next week was quote Jar Jar. I'm sure my parents restraint in not killing me is the there only is, reason. That there I'm is a George today. Lucas sitting up in the middle of the mountain somewhere in a desert, just smiling very broadly. <laughs> I gotta say, one of one of the uh, biggest things that saved Jar Jar was all the theories that he was actually a Sith <laughs> yes, Lord. That would have been the best frankly, thing ever. That's the only thing that saved the prequels as a whole. That would have been the best twist. I would have, I honestly would have like enshrined like the new films in some kind of wonderful like golden placard if they'd done that if like jj had just in the last movie been like you know what screw it jar jar's coming back and he's evil i've been like done these are my favorite movies from now on this is star wars saved literally every (laughs) single movie before yes it would have been perfect (laughs) i I love the walk back that it did in like later canon Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like the 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 current canon uh if everybody's seen the oh god which book was that aftermath i think where they meet some bunch of Gungans and they start trying to talk like Jar Jar to the Gungans are like, hey, hey, we don't all talk like that. Oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> That's so weird. 
I mean, you know, if we assume that Jar Jar was just the hillbilly version of a but Gundam, then why did, I'm down then for why that. did the king also have the same dialect? It's either a regionality... <laughs> hillbilly Gungans rule the Gungan society. <laughs> then they're not hillbillies. They're the bourgeoisie. Like, that is the bougie, that is the bougiest Gungan accent ever. Are you saying that hillbillies cannot be a part of the ruling class? You know, honestly, having said it like that, I <laughs> well, didn't realize I can tell how already we're going to have some very interesting rabbit trails oh on this podcast. Oh my god, this is great. We've, we've already delved down like 10 different rabbit well, holes. Before we, before <laughs> we leave this recording. one, this is an important piece of lore, of Chris lore, that everyone needs. My great aunt actually repeatedly told us stories about how she would drop off um, the lunch to the men at the stills on her way to um, school in the morning. So, joking about hillbillies aside, <laughs> yeah, I, I know where all those bodies are buried. <laughs> I mean, for, for reference here, I uh, moved from a medium-sized town in the Midwest when I was almost nine to a town where my family being uh, made up of eight people because hello Catholics. Um, we <laughs> hello. boosted the population of the town by 2%. When we <laughs> Sounds like where I grew I'm up. Not at, e yeah. <laughs> That's not even an exaggeration though. The town's population was 400. There were eight people in my family. We boosted the population a notable amount. <laughs> they hilarious. had to change the sign. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> you, someone had to have been mad about that. You gotta that's be like awesome. the one sign painter so who's like, awesome. damn it, I gotta go out here and paint an eight on this friggin' zero. <laughs> For this and many reasons, my family was not popular in that town. <laughs> My personal favorite part about the Jar Jar being a Sith Lord me theory is just the mental picture of the... Uh, I'm, I'm going to try to do this without spoiling the new movies as best I can, but just a dark room and you, you sit in a hooded figure and you suddenly hear a voice. You such a no! The dark side of the Force leads to many abilities! And many such people consider to be unnatural. Uh, uh, I just really want it to happen, and I'm very sad it didn't. Well, and also, you know, with that theory comes the fact that, you know, Jar Jar's whole being so clumsy and so lucky, it's all... Uh, an act, and he's actually superbly force sensitive and can afford to behave in a manner that most would consider both reckless and super clumsy because he's force sensitive and just doesn't want anybody to realize that. Jar Jar as a Sith Lord <laughs> would have been, made so much more sense if they'd followed like the Lost King trope or like the broken fool where it was like, oh yeah, this guy used to be super dope and cool. And now he's kind of just wandering and being like, whatever. That would have been so very dope. It would have been a great character arc. It would have been a cool moment for everybody, but no. Or just like in an anime when they draw extra yes. shading lines on a character's face and it makes them look 10,000 <laughs> Exactly like that. Badass. It would have been like the moment in every anime where the old guy who seems like nothing but a pervert stands up and is like, oh yeah, by the way, I've been a master for 10,000 years. Like, it would have been great. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> one one last thought on the idea of 10,000 years. I've, I've discovered recently, I have no idea whether this is legends or canon or something that was completely made up, but somebody told me that there was at least at one point an explanation for the way that Yoda talks, and it's basically that he's so old, he learned Galactic Basic in like the Middle Ages, <laughs> and he just uses the grammar of when he was born, which was so long ago that the language has just changed I've, around him. I've heard something to the about that, that he's yeah. now weird. Well, I mean, with the Mandalorian showing baby Yoda, even though it's oh, yeah. not Yoda, like like a baby is a hundred years old in that species, so <laughs> that's that's possibly canon. Uh, most people would probably believe it is canon. Uh, yeah, as far sense. as I'm aware, it is still just a fan theory, though. I would love for that to be confirmed, just because it would say something very interesting about the linguistics of Star Wars Basic. Right. That it actually can change, and it's not just the same language every the single time. Of Star back Wars 10, basic years. are the bitch of basically oh whoever wants to make a movie in Star Wars, which means we will never get legitimate <laughs> linguistics. We're never going to get a wonderful old Elven dialect. We're never going to have that. It's going to be Galactic Standard will sound like Galactic Standard for whatever time they put the movies in. Whenever someone brings up linguistics in Star Wars, all I can think about are those really stupid parodies that came out on Cartoon Network several years ago. It was like Thumb Wars, where it was Star <laughs> Wars, but it was like deck thumbs dressed up to be the different characters. And like one of the jokes that they made w was in, in, the, in the meeting room on the Death Star. One of them was like, have you ever wondered why we're all speaking in British accents? And they all look at him and like, well, I mean, we're in space. There is no Britain. Why are we all speaking in British accents? Well, see, if we take into account the fact that this happened a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, one can reasonably assume that the British are just aliens. Alien conquest. Glorious cup of Yorkshire gold. <clears throat> Thank you, everyone. <laughs> all right, so... One of the things on our agenda for tonight is to kind of discuss what this podcast is actually setting out to do. Um, so we had talked about wanting to do um, kind of a Legends podcast. Uh, I had talked with um, Chris. And for those of you who may not be aware, um, Legends is the old... Uh, Weird. Pre-Disney? Excuse me. Legends is the... It's the old canon of Star Wars. Uh, it, it went up until about 2014. I think it was April 2014. Disney had bought Star Wars and they said you know what, there's just too much going on. We're going to reset the canon and do something different. And so now Star Wars is kind of divided into old canon and new canon. Um, it, but I grew up on the old canon. Like It's like the Arthurian myths before they were canonized, and they're just a bunch of weird things that people threw in a bunch of weird places. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it exists. It's its own distinct thing. It kind of comes to an end. Um, but they're no longer considered like what the story is being told based off of. So I figured... Um, this is the stories that I grew up on with Star Wars, and a lot of us did. Uh, I think Jay is actually new to Legends, so that will be interesting to hear your take on things. Uh, yes, I am, actually. Sorry, I had to meet myself because I was getting a cough drop. Oh, good good call. Oh, um, so, all my experience with Star Wars is, um, my mom was a huge fan because she and her three sisters watched the original trilogy growing up. Um, I never got to see the, the prequels in theater because my mom is one of those moms. I love her a little bit overprotective. So she wanted to make sure the movies were, wouldn't scare me or anything. Mm -hmm. Like she, she refused to let me see revenge of the Sith until I was like 13 or 14. <laughs> um, so 
for the longest time, my only experience had been with the movies. And then I decided to watch um, The Clone Wars, the, the mm-hmm. 3D CGI one from Cartoon Network that I think it's still on Netflix. My mom and I It's on Disney to... Plus now. Oh, God. thanks, Disney Plus. Thanks. <laughs> um, so uh, we, we, we kind of binge watched The Clone Wars. Um, and then <clears throat> obviously when, when the sequel series came out, we we watched all of those and that was my first time actually seeing star wars in a live theater and just that first getting to see that text crawl for the first time oh, on yeah. the screen blew me away and then we've also seen rogue one and i really wanted to see solo but my mom refused to go see solo because it's not the same actor it's not going to oh, be yeah. as... <laughs> but anyway to keep us slightly on track um I want to talk about like what the podcast is supposed to be. And then we'll go back to talking about who, you know, we all are Um, in general. uh, I think at least my desire to start where we're starting, because we're going to basically pick up with legends um, where it most markedly diverges from uh, the current Canon, which is right after return of the Jedi ends. Uh, Because to me, I, you know, I don't really care about the differences in the clone wars era and all of that, because those were coming out kind of, more recently they had a little bit more context and disney didn't really change too much of that you know the clone wars tv show is one of the only things that's still canon in both legends and canon because they kept that uh would they that's the only thing that they kept from before the canon wipe was the clone wars show um so i thought well why don't we start with the end of return of the jedi and just see how the past diverged and look at the star wars that was that, that i grew up on um but one of the things I really wanted to do uh, is keep it a very positive look. You know, we're looking back at this for fun. Uh, Jay's experiencing this for the first time. So I, I'm really, you know, we'll point out things that are dumb when they're dumb. Because oh, yes. there are some dumb things in Legends. <laughs> but uh, I want to avoid uh, bashing on authors or bashing on the new movies or bashing on the old canon or whatever. Because really, we're just here to have fun uh, and laugh at the strangeness that is Star Wars at the same time that we're really reveling in that that good old-fashioned star wars you know feeling of someone describing a lightsaber with a snap hiss sound or all of the crazy shenanigans that happen after return of the jedi in fact uh, we have a timeline of the books that we're going to be doing that's on wikipedia um it's kind of we're coming chronologically from the end of return of the jedi and that means the first one that we have to do is uh truce at bakura which is going to be an interesting it, one to start every time with. i hear that it reminds me of the Yu-Gi-Oh bridge with bakura it's like it's like <laughs> truce at bakura. that's all i hear there you go <laughs> so it'll be interesting but the the format week to week is probably going to be we'll, we'll go with a couple of chapters maybe three or four chapters a week read them and then we'll come back and discuss them um and sort of talk about our thoughts and how, uh, you know, we feel about the books and, and just any thoughts or interesting tidbits that we're able to dig up along the way about them. Uh, and hopefully you'll enjoy joining us on this strange journey through Star Wars. Um, but since we are going to be spending a lot of time going through a lot of books, I, you know, we don't really have a set end point. Um, I guess we'll just go until we get too <laughs> tired of it. <laughs> <laughs> until we can't bear it anymore <laughs> but, so I mean, we'll all be here when we die um, we have no that's lack of material and if we actually get through the end of Legends canon we'll all be dead that's true. 
Uh, we'll simply oh read my. the fanfiction. Please no. Yes, there we go. It, we'll, we'll, we'll just jump over to, to fanfiction. Unfortunately, that means we would have to read some of mine, and I am not okay with that. Um, yeah, same here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all had these well, I mean, we can always do new canon no, after as... that. <laughs> I, I mean, the Obi-Wan Legends book my little is sister phenomenal. Oh, yes. they decided to still call it Legends. And it's very, like, it's, the author was clearly a Firefly fan and took <laughs> that vibe, but mm. put it yeah. into Star Wars and said, what if Obi-Wan <laughs> what was if Obi-Wan, a cowboy? but cowboy? It's, again, yeah, so since we're starting with Return of the Jedi, there's a lot of Legends material that's just outside of our scope. Um, because if we were to start at the beginning of Legends and go through, we would be here Amen. for forever like we would have to start i think the first legends novel was chronologically set like yeah 10 or fifteen thousand years before a new hope happens it's that is correct not we to would mention, be here forever well and you also have the uh legends books that occur um in between the different movies uh, oh yeah like I think it's uh, Shadows Ooh. of the Empire. Is <laughs> yeah, I'm not the... sad to miss out on that one, really. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> yeah, although I, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but there was the Legends novel that came along much later that sort of redeemed uh, Han Solo ripoff Dash Rendar for me by giving him his own distinct characteristics and making uh, him his own actual character. Yeah, you're about, yeah. But I don't remember the name of it. <clears throat> So, but yeah, so there's lots that we're not going to be able to cover because there's so many a thing, uh, Legends books that take place before. But we figured, you know, this was enough of an enormous bite for us to try to swallow. <laughs> um, but anyway, I, you know, now that I've talked forever, uh, I think it's time to actually find out what everybody else uh, has in relation to Star Wars. So, uh, you know, how did you all interact with Star Wars and uh, the Legends novels, if at all? And uh, what are some things you're looking forward to seeing and reading as we get going here? Um, I am actually a weird kind of creature in that I've only, like, the films are not my view of what Star Wars is. When I was a kid, we watched the original films, thought they were all great, thought they were cool. Um, But then we found Republic Commando, the video game. And my brothers and I slammed that. So hard. I I was a child that had many cavities, and I am not ashamed to admit that. And the only bright side was that my mother would let me get a game from Blockbuster on the way back from the dentist. And so we played the entirety of, what was it, Knights of the Old Republic and um, the the clone, um, the Republic Commando game (laughs) based on my cavity like like cavity visits i borrowed those games enough from the store that we actually and i had enough cavities that we could make that work and then it was the worst experience of my life i regret everything about my childhood i've never um, heard someone say i was introduced star to star wars, wars to star the wars power of dentistry before. Um, i guess the dark side really does have cookies to California from North Carolina. <laughs> and our consolation prize on that was that mom bought us the second Knights of the Republic game. And we played that as we cried driving across <laughs> the desert in No Man's Land and like Death Valley and things like that. So Star Wars, like I did not read any of the Star Wars novels until almost three or four years later when we were driving back to Georgia. And we were like, we need more Star Wars. And we got some friends to lend us some Legends books. Um, and that's Ooh. when I think the first one wow. I read was, 
I think the courtship of Princess Leia. Like, I think that's the first Legends. I, it was a weird experience. It was weird, but we were so desperate. It didn't matter. Um, so basically, my what a place to start reading. Because, <laughs> like, those games are really great thematically. They follow through on a, on a very clear thread. They are very strong stories. Um, and they're very thematic. And they have a lot of atmosphere. So I'm a bit of a Star Wars snob now. Because I happened <laughs> to stumble into the best games ever made for Star Wars as my introduction to the expanded universe. And so I'll like read something expanded universe and be like, I'm sorry, this is not like gritty, realistic clone troopers and or like morally complex Jedi. Therefore, I am just done. Uh, yeah. See, I, Knights of the Republic 1 was sort of a let's recreate a new hope feeling in Star Wars. It was a great game, but Knights of the Republic 2 was like, all right, we've proven we can make a Star Wars game. Now let's explore Star Wars to an uncomfortable level of scrutiny and philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if, if Chris is going to be the cynical, look at everything critically kind of guy, I'm the everything is awesome guy, I guess. So, um, yeah. <laughs> So, I, all right. It sounds like I'm the oldest of the group here. Um, <laughs> I got into Star Wars back in the 90s when I was in high school. So, um, <laughs> Yay! And, and I've had the, well, when, so, quick background history on me. I, I'm prior military. Um, I took pretty much all of the books I hadn't read yet, which at that time was like, eight or nine with me on a deployment just to catch up. Um, and unfortunately, just due to life and everything else, I wasn't really able to keep up after that, after I got back from the deployment. Um, so I'm, as far as the, all the books, I'm probably current all the way up to like, uh, there's a gap of up to um, the, the Yuzhan Vong stuff. Like, I don't think I've ever... I don't think I've, I've finished reading all of the Yuzhan Vaughn books, and then there's this big gap where I don't really know a whole lot until, like, um, the Fate of the <laughs> Jedi series, when I had an audio, uh, an audible account, and I noticed that those were actually coming in as unabridged audiobooks. So I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm in. I want to know the whole story now, and I can actually know what's going on without having to sit down and read a book. So there you go. So I kind of caught back up everything after that because like all the audiobooks that came out after that area were all uh unabridged so that was my star wars legends uh intake from that point on <clears throat> a little bit of time getting into the comics and stuff like that but i just i couldn't get into that but anyway then um so yeah like i've, I've always been into the big like most everything is is great some of the stuff that is weird and crazy. I'll just pretend it didn't happen. So agreed. <laughs> I feel oh, like agreed. Really to be a Star Wars fan is it to some level just headcanon the universe into what it should be because there's building blocks there. Right. Exactly. Um I will say my absolute favorite and you will see me geek out the absolute most is uh when we get to the X Wing series. Um because yeah that was my my jam i've only i've only read one like a couple different scattered chapters <laughs> of one book yes. of the x-wing series because i was trapped in a lodge in england for a while on a trip and a friend of mine had the book and it was nothing to oh, do it's... 
but to go through and pull out yeah. random passages and hope they entertained me. They're, they're, <laughs> there's plenty of ridiculous parts to them, but, um, and, and talking about, uh, fan can't, you know, fan fiction and stuff. That's, <laughs> well, I you'll actually, be in for a treat I'm, when we get to X-Men because those are some excellent Star Wars books in the next couple months. And I went through some old boxes. I happened to find an old, uh, <laughs> story I'd written back in the nineties, which does not age well. So yeah. And it was basically like, Oh my God. Yeah. It's basically that it's kind of like, it's kind of like a, a race squadron, <laughs> a clone more or less. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, it was not great. But, yeah. Whatever. Pull some excerpts when we're doing X-Wing. <laughs> What what all the Star Wars fans oh actually God. want is uh, Darth Maul to be uh, Amen. Jar Jar Binks' Misa, apprentice. Misa, catch you. Jar Jar Binks saved him <laughs> just at the a series of that, with that. Of the shaft. He was just there. <laughs> <laughs> you used to go into buses. <laughs> use of legs is a punishment for use of failure. Okay, this is the thing that needs to happen now. Misa gonna give you bomb back. <laughs> Watch, I'm I'm gonna be spending the next week drawing fan art. <laughs> Please do. Please do. If our, I get a I'm fan our, art uh, of Jar Jar Darth Jar Jar saving Darth Maul, <laughs> I will I will die content. <laughs> now, is is Jar Jar going to be Darth Banks? Or Darth something else? Is he going to the, the Darth Revan okay. and Darth Zana school of not understanding yes. what the Darth title is oh. supposed to be? <laughs> he's, he's Darth Can. He's Darth Can because Jar. Wouldn't it be can. Darth Can Can? Ayo. <laughs> it's not Jar Cannot. It's Jar Can. Did we just lose? Yeah, we, I think we lost here. <laughs> Been a good run. <laughs> anyway, Kat, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself while, while Jay recovers? <laughs> Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> if that's possible. Uh, so I grew up on Star Wars. Uh, both my parents were uh, big enough fans that we have um, not one, not two, but three of the original trilogy on VHS, both the original and remastered. And um, my five brothers and I, because Catholic, uh, ran through and destroyed <laughs> every single VHS copy that we had. So we went out and replaced all three sets. Uh, we are now on our third set of three sets of VHS, <laughs> so that would be nine sets. Um, the, the holy trinity of Star we Wars. We also uh, got the DVDs and um, actually <laughs> managed to wear out the DVDs with um, small child hands. Um, additionally, I was a yes. huge fan of the Star Wars Pod Racers game for, I believe it was the N64. Yes! yes. Uh, <laughs> I... I had it on Sega Dreamcast. <laughs> I was almost as big a fan of the Pod Racers game as I was of Frogger for the Atari. Um, <laughs> I'm just that sort of person when it comes to video games, I guess. Um, like I said, uh, when I was a fairly young teenager, one of my um, 
adult married friends gave me her husband's copies of um, pretty much every single book in the Legends universe at that time, including every single book yeah. in the Yuzon Vong Invasion series. <laughs> That's like a 24, 25 mm. book series. Yeah, for free. <laughs> <laughs> I was a very Question. happy person. <laughs> Question: Was your was your married friend and her, uh, presumably her yes. husband? Because like, <laughs> then that makes some sense. Because he was going to be really busy from then no, on. No, no, no. They had been married for years, and like he had bought those books over the course of their marriage. Uh, part of the reason why she gave them to me was actually their kids were going to college, and the books had migrated to their kids' rooms. Oh. So she simply assumed that her husband would no longer want them. <laughs> Ah, of course obviously um yeah assumed not these books are finally out of my life so i (laughs) sacred texts (laughs) being an autistic teenager um who had already been enamored of the star wars um universe as a whole i was ecstatic to find out that there were a bunch of books that i could have for free and read about my favorite (laughs) characters and them screwing things up (laughs) uh so i i read the every single book and it was from the uh shadows of the empire rip uh to <laughs> to uh just after the Yuzong Wong invasion, uh the first uh book in the Legacy of the Force series um was included as well. Um for me personally, a lot of what defines Star Wars at this point is <laughs> uh actually two characters. Dorsk eighty one. Oh, and- mm. Dorsk 81 mm-hmm. and Corin Horn. Uh, for <laughs> me, as a disabled person, it was really interesting and really um, relatable to see Jedi being portrayed as having specific limitations within mm-hmm. the Force that was abnormal for mm-hmm. Jedi to essentially create disabled Jedi in a universe that often does not talk about um characters who are disabled those two um were revolutionary to me in terms of what the jedi order and what star wars looks like because you have dorsk 81 who's abnormal in his own society and is considered in many ways defective because he can do what other people can't and is himself a clone um and then he's also not quite Uh, He doesn't feel quite um, the same as other Jedi, not only because of the society he lived in, but also because of the fact that because he is a clone, his connection to the Force is inherently different from other people's. So to me, as Mm -hmm. an autistic teenager who had just been diagnosed with uh, multiple other health issues, that was um, really... Uh, representative of what I felt like at the time. And then Corin Horn being unable to move things telekinetically as well and feeling out of place as a Jedi for a very long time. But also the trade-off for that being he could um, 
absorb energy more readily than most Jedi could um, was very, very relatable. And I thought it was really cool to see those characters. Yeah, I, I will say, just kind of about, about payback, Force her, one Horn is Horn great. is probably my favorite character <laughs> in Star Wars ever. Mm-hmm. Just because of he, him. Yeah, from being just a, a you know an awesome pilot when he was with you know the Rogue Squadron and all that stuff, and then seeing his progression through the years to being a Jedi, that it wasn't even like you know he's the most awesomest, bestest Jedi ever. It's like you know he's he could do it. He's got, like you said, he's got limitations. He's you know he was a flawed character, which you know kind of was awesome in you know with all the main characters of you know they can never do anything wrong except when they do. Um. It, it's it's kind of funny because I was also raised Catholic. I'm not Catholic anymore. Um, I'm Baha'i now, which is a very small and very new religion that whenever someone asks me what it is, they look at me and say, that's a real religion? <laughs> um, <clears throat> so for me, my I, I just kind of realized this while listening to everyone else talk, but my experience with Star Wars and my journey through understanding the universe of Star Wars has kind of been reflective of my own religious experiences. Uh, Firstly, one thing that I want to say that's kind of funny is when I was going to Catholic school, we actually had all the Star Wars Legends books in our library. And every time it was time to go to the library, I always told myself, well, I I want to read these books, but there's something else that I need to read for class first. And I never got around... To reading any of the Star Wars Legends books, um, even though I really wanted to. Um, so obviously, there's a lot of Catholic influence on on Star Wars. You know, the whole virgin birth of Anakin Skywalker. Jedi's aren't allowed to marry, mm-hmm. and they wear these big fancy robes, kind of like a Catholic monk would. Uh, the list goes on, and. As I was growing up and starting to understand how the, the Catholic institution works and some of their uh, viewpoints and try, starting to discover my own viewpoints that were different from the Catholic churches, it was, it, I kind of ended up looking at the same time at the Jedi Order and looking at a lot of the things and being like, huh, that's kind of stupid that how Jedi can't marry or that they're not sh- supposed to show any emotions or this, that, and the other thing. And how basically the Jedi order, it's their own fault that they fell because they were using all these outdated, you know, techniques and were so stuck in tradition and, uh, you know, didn't want to let go of any of their old traditions, kind of like how, the Catholic Church, especially in the area that I live in, uh, the, uh, how they they kind of view their tradition. Um, and so I went on to look at other religions, and I ended up uh, become becoming a Baha'i. And for those of you who don't know, we basically believe that all religions stem from one common uh one common deity, whether it's a god or a pantheon of gods, whatever you want to call it, all one source. And that's about the same time that I discovered the concept 
of a gray Jedi, or I think they're called Shadow Walkers. <laughs> they're called sometimes. a lot of things in many places. Um, basically, a Jedi who, yeah, like like a Jedi for for those who are listening who may not know, a gray Jedi is a Jedi, not necessarily a Jedi, but a Force sensitive person who who practices things from both the dark side of the Force and the light side of the Force, because, like. When I was looking at it, like looking at the dark side versus looking at the light side, I was like, not all things on the light side are necessarily good, and not all things on the dark side are necessarily bad. And that was that was like a like a really big part of the lore that I liked a lot was a bit of the moral ambiguity on, you know, dark side versus light side. Uh, if you know the lines weren't necessarily drawn <laughs> as clearly in the sand as maybe the movies make them out to be and that like for me that was that was definitely you know i like that a lot and <clears throat> excuse me um yeah i so i know like like i said i know a little bit of legends just because i did a little bit of research into more Star Wars lore. Um, and that that's... I think that's really all for me, is just kind of how... As I, as I ended up learning more about, re, you know, my real-life self and my real-life uh, conflicts with the real... Th- things in the real world, I was using fiction, not just Star Wars, but, like, fiction in general to kind of help myself understand all these big changes that were going on and understand how I could look at the world differently from what I had been taught in Catholic school. So for me, Star Wars is really important in that um, personal journey, especially the whole gray Jedi concept, because, you know, now I'm one of those people who will always, you know, be like, Not every issue is black and white. And that is something that's like my catchphrase whenever I'm talking to someone about controversial (laughs) topics is it's not black and white. It's more complicated than that. Um, I'm, I'm really excited then to hear some of your thoughts as we go. That's my, my story. Um, I guess I'll go ahead and do my uh, background with star Wars then real quick. And then we'll move on to a little bit more about the podcast as a whole. Um, I grew up, um, I don't think either of my parents are really big Star Wars fans at all. My dad's really more of a nonfiction reader, and my mom isn't big on anything with tension in a film, um, which is funny because she, she like she likes period dramas. Um, but we watched National Treasure two in theaters, and I remember her like literally gripping the armchair <laughs> when they're like sneaking into Buckingham Palace. She's like gripping the arms of her seat, really worried that they're going to get in trouble um, if they get caught. <laughs> So I don't know how it happened that back in 1997, they decided to take me to, um, when they were releasing the special editions in theaters, they took me to Star Wars over the couple of months that they were doing that. So I saw them kind of all right in a row um, as they were coming out, special edition. Um, and then they bought me the VHS of the originals, which I think ended up at a hospital at some point, because I got pneumonia and had to be hospitalized at one point. And they brought those videotapes, uh, and I don't think we ever got them back. <laughs> from the hospital so somewhere in maryland there is a hospital that has vhs recordings of star wars um 
so I, I got really into Star Wars. I was seven. No, I was six when I first saw them. I got really into the movies. Um, I had a friend who was like a month – or no, he wasn't even a month older than me. He was a week older than me. Um, and so we, we both got really into Star Wars at the same time. We got all the action figures. We had all the toys. And then as I got a little bit older, we moved to a house that was like five minutes away from a library. Like I could ride my bike there. So I became a wizard with the interlibrary loan system to get all of the Star Wars books that existed in the Maryland uh, public library system <laughs> sent to me. Um, so I, I think I read all the way through the end Perfect. of New Jedi Order pretty much for free because I was getting them through the library. Um, and then I was in high school, I think, when I started reading through Legacy of the Force. And uh, I have to admit, after I started, I, I stopped reading Legends at Legacy of the Force Sacrifice. <laughs> For, for specific reasons, uh, I threw the book. I was upset at some things that happened there. Um, and I've never thrown a book other than that one. Uh, so I stopped reading after that one. And then very much later, I came back and started reading Legends again. Um, but I, I love them. I mean, I, I love the books growing up. My, my experience with that one particular book notwithstanding. <laughs> um, I loved the Star Wars books. And then I got into the same games that Chris oh, was talking God, yes. about. I played Knights of the Old Republic 2. Uh, I played, you know, uh, Republic Commando. Actually, before all that, I got into Dark Forces and, and Jedi Knight. <laughs> I remember being, sorry not to derail you, but I, I remember being uh, in high school, coming home from school and playing the demo of Dark Forces. Like, my, I could never, I, it, it, well, actually, it was even before high school. I think it was like middle school or something like that. But because I know I had no income, um, I had to rely on, parents to you know buy the games for me and it was like you know depending on my you know doing well in school and all that stuff which you know that's a whole other story um but uh yeah like the only thing i had star wars gaming wise this is back on the old macintosh computers too uh was the the demo for dark forces which was just the first level i could i could ace that level and like do everything in it in like five minutes kill every guy find every secret i knew that level so well oh and that level was great though playing the rest of dark forces i'm just like i, I don't remember all this stuff now. <laughs> yeah. see my dark forces experience was um at, at first because i was i was probably only like eight or nine when i got it and i can't remember how i got it. i think i got it for christmas uh, and i started playing it and then at some point my mom came in while i was playing it and she was appalled what? that the what game had shooting happened? people and i was like mom that is what the cover of the box is. It's a stormtrooper being shot. <laughs> like, so she took the game away for a while, and I didn't get it back till I was older. <laughs> but the, I actually forgot. My, I think my first Star Wars game ever was a floppy disk copy of X-Wing that they got me. Uh, I remember like punching in the like code from the manual to get into the game every time I played. Uh, and I played that game so much that even as like a seven-year-old... I, I think I beat the game uh, at some point, just for brute force. Like, I refused to stop playing even when I died until I could figure out how to win. Um, so I, I got really into all the Star Wars books, the Star Wars games. I was super into Star Wars. It was, like, all I thought about. I had an art teacher that told me I couldn't draw any more X-Wings. Um, <laughs> and so as revenge, I sculpted a flamingo with laser cannons on the wings. <laughs> But I waited until the end Perfect. to put the laser cannons on so she didn't see them until it went in the kill. <laughs> I, I think I, I read Star Wars all the way up through New Jedi Order before college, and then it was it was after college that I started reading the Was it the young adult stuff? Um, 
I, I think I may be one of the few that really likes New Jedi oh, yeah, Order. Right. I don't know. I haven't read them since <laughs> high school, though, so maybe my opinion will change if I reread them. But yeah, I never, I never um, was able to read those. I didn't get into them. That was no New Jedi Order was the Yuuzhan Vong invasion. Gotcha. Um, oh, I grew up on the young adult, like the the young Jedi Knights about <laughs> Jason and Jaina at the Jedi Academy. No, I, I love those books, but yeah. So I mean, I I have remained a Star Wars fan uh, pretty much my whole life as the new oh, movies yes. came out. Um, I love the new content. I, I mean, love Clone Wars the new films seven. and the new uh, you know TV shows and Star Wars and there is a uh, there is Rebels a new Rebels season coming out, isn't there? I'm super pumped for Rebels uh, season seven. Uh, I'm trying to get people to watch all of the rest of Clone Wars. So I really I think that's all I wanted to accomplish with uh, episode zero. I we got everybody introduced uh, and we got something of a roadmap set out. And uh, I think I mentioned this before, Sweet. but our first book will start uh, next episode is uh, Truce at Bakura, and we're going to be doing. Uh, I think the first four chapters of that book, uh, and we'll just kind of keep going until we finish it. But uh, it's it's definitely an interesting one. It picks up literally hours after the end of Return of the Jedi, so you have no need for any prior knowledge of Legends if you want it's to follow delightful. along with us. We are picking up as close as physically possible to the point where Legends and New Canon stop being the same uh, after Return of the Jedi. So uh, thank you all for listening to Legends of the New Republic. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, uh, David, and you can find me online on Twitter at aka Agent Shades. Uh, I also do some YouTube Let's Plays, so if you want to watch me playing strange Japanese video games, uh, you can find me on YouTube as well at Agent Shades. Uh, you can also find our podcast on Twitter at uh, Legends uh, NRCast, uh, and our you can always send us an email as well if you have a question or a comment or something. Uh, our email is Legends of the New Republic Cast at gmail.com. I'm Jason. Uh, I'm not really big on the internet. Um, my Twitter's uh, GhostShark20. Um, that's pretty much all I really pay attention to anymore. So we'll just go with that. Thanks for listening to us and joining us. My name is Kat, and you can find me on Twitter at SeagullSoup. Don't try finding me anywhere else. I'm full of terrible takes. I can vouch for that. <laughs> um, hello, uh, or I should say goodbye, I guess. Um, I'm Jay, aka SharkRay24, pretty much everywhere, whether it's Tumblr, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, I'm currently doing a Persona 5 Let's Play on YouTube, and I do some other, I do some other content like dramatic readings and video essay analyses. So if any of that stuff floats your boat, then sail on by. Sounds great. Well, thank you all for joining me tonight, and uh, thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you next episode for the beginning of Truce at Bakura, or Bakura, or however you say the name of that planet. Good night. Whatever time it is you're listening to this. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.